Welcome to the Behind the Geeks. Uh, it is myself, Andrew Moon, Scott Riley, and Pete Matheson. We are Sans Richard Hub this week. So shout out to Richard. Uh, couldn't join us, but we wanted to let you know that we're here for you. So, and a couple that are joining us live, I'm going to go ahead and pop up in the chat here. Looks like we've got Gareth Westwood joining us. So awesome, awesome, awesome. I'll give you the uh, old air horn. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to get super fun this week. I got my Ecamm in here with my uh, my Stream Deck audio sounds. So we got all kinds of fun fun stuff this week. Anyway, so and how's how's everything going for you guys? Scott, yeah, Scott, yeah. It's, it's a special day for Scott. So he's, he's actually pulling out of us uh, his off day to join us live today. So... I am. It's uh, we have a standing rule in Cloud Nexus that uh, you have the day off when it's your birthday. No, happy birthday! But you're in work. Well, I came in just for this. So I've I've been out to the gym today. I've been chilling out. I've been flying a new drone that we got, uh, and so no, I'm I'm just in for this. I'm just in to see you guys, and then I'm off to go and watch Top Gun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. I've heard good yeah. things. Very good things. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, my wife's going to take a ride into the danger zone. That's right. (laughs) My mouth's been writing checks. My body can't cash. So we're going to go see. That's my favorite we're, clip from the movie because I've used that several places and, and people will call me on that too. So I, I date myself. I'm like, yeah, I saw that movie in the theater, the first one. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. we were at, we did, we did a karaoke session for my, it was, so it was my birthday. Uh, was it last week? No, week before last, my wife's birthday the week before as well. And um, we went to Brighton and did a karaoke room. And that was the first song we sang for the karaoke night. <laughs> <laughs> After quite See, a lot of uh, drink, which, uh, yeah, I, I won't repeat the uh, how, how it went. <laughs> so I'll pull that clip and we'll play like three seconds on the next show before we get kicked <laughs> yeah, off. So. Yeah. I think it's th- I think we can get away with three seconds. So, yeah, yeah. Is that how it works. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. So, oh, yeah, so. I can see Jay saying happy birthday. Looking great for 60. Jokes on you, Jay. 65. <laughs> <laughs> Good moisturizer. <laughs> Ah, good stuff. Good stuff. But thank you for hanging out with us today. I appreciate that, Scott, gracing us with your presence. I know Pete and I, have we've got lots of the video stuff going on on Tuesdays, and this is kind of our set-aside time uh, for now uh, to be able to go live with everybody today. So, all right. So, if there's nothing new, let's jump straight into the topic. Um, and those of you who are just joining us, say hi in the chat. We'll put you up on the screen and I always like to give shout outs to the people who join us live. Even if you're watching the replay, we love you too. Uh, don't make any mistake about that. But yeah, I just wanted to give shout out to those of us, or those of you who are join us live uh, every single week as well. So, so this week's topic is the challenges of running a nimble MSP. So yeah, this is going to, we could go probably wide and deep on a lot of different levels with this one. So who who wants to be up and, and cover kind of kick us off here? I guess what's what's the most common issue? I mean, it's certainly open to the audience, so for those listening, uh yes, oh, hey, Nikki, for sure. Comment as well. But um if you've got any questions around the uh how do you do everything as a one man band or a or a nimble MSP, then ask away, please. But yeah, what, what what's like the biggest thing that you uh, is time, isn't it? Time's the thing that every one-man band kind of person struggles with as an MSP because you have no time. You've got to do the sales, you've got to do the marketing, you've got to most of the time deliver the service. That's the thing that ties you up with with doing everything. So it uh, probably rolls us back to last week's discussion when we're talking about like productivity and time management and time blocking as well, particularly time blocking. Yeah. And I like that the the that that 90 minutes thing we mentioned before, because that's the exact thing when I was a one-man band, sorry, nimble MSP, keeps calling it the wrong thing. <laughs> uh, when I was a nimble person, I um I did that 90 minutes. So before uh, I officially started work in the morning, I would do that 60 or 90 minutes where I can just get on with whatever's going on with building a new website, working on some lead gen, figuring out some marketing stuff. Most of the time for me, I, I think um it was just trying to get that time was like the only time you could because the rest of the time you're just absolutely pounded by client requests, obviously trying to you know, go out there and get the business. There's just not enough hours in the day to, to do everything. And I think that's the, the biggest risk for small business, nimble, nimble businesses. God damn it. Remember that nimble <laughs> um, is, is there is just not enough hours and it's very, very 
tempting and it's easily tempting to just go the more i work the better i'm going to do and i'm still a little bit like that to be fair of like the more hours i put in the better we're going to be the more time i put in the more clients we're going to have the more staff we're going to get and so the constant mind is just work 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 pay out eventually whereas if you can really just try and limit it's very very difficult to but just try and limit your working hours to within the nine to five or maybe not nine to five but at least some some reasonable working hours of like eight till six or eight till seven you know whatever you're comfortable with because it is so easy to slip into the oh hey it's 9 p.m that's right i can just hop on and fix that thing i've just seen an email come through it's convenient if i just hop on and fix that now it's convenient for you, for your clients not very convenient for you and it just kind of it just drives you into the ground after a while because you spend all your time just going, oh, I'll do a little bit here, a little bit there. And most of the time when I speak to people that are doing this, not billing for it as well because it's it's convenient for me because it'll make it, it makes it easier for me when I come in tomorrow morning and I don't have to fix that tomorrow morning. Yeah, but that that's just, you're doing yourself a disservice at that point. So yeah, time time management is like the probably the be all and end all of nimble MSPs because it is such a big part of it trying to condense your work into working hours there are some people I work with where they haven't got defined open and closed hours so their clients are just used to they just phone whenever and they send emails whenever and they'll respond whenever like first off set a set an opening and closing hours like my god you should have that as one of the first things you you, you register your business name you open a bank account you go what hours am I going to work nine till half five like define those hours then all hell can break loose outside of those hours for everything else that's going on but i i think that that's probably the main thing for me is just it's time management and it's such a big topic i don't know if you guys have got i mean we, we went into tons of like productivity things uh last week but if you've got any around particular like, like a, a nimble time management uh thing at all i Scott. mean for me it's it's you know offload the jobs it's it. You've got to offload them, um, and and it'll come down to the the second part of that that answer really, which is you know you probably need to hire someone if you are that busy. But then when do the finances stack up for you to hire someone? That's probably you know one of the big burning questions. But you've got to offload. Um, I I had exactly this problem. You know we've been running for two and a half years, and you know at the beginning it was just me, and it's hard because you're trying to do everything for everyone. You're trying to be enthusiastic, and you're trying to build leads, do sales, you know, deliver solutions, write proposals, build websites, uh, vet vendors. You're trying to do everything yourself. Um, and then let's be honest, you're not getting paid enough because <laughs> you've walked out of a really well-paying job because you had this great idea of starting a business and won't it be magical? You're not getting paid enough. You're working late into the night. You're working weekends. You're not seeing your family. All those dreams that you told yourself when you set out, hey, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to start a business. None of that happens straight away because you think that you have to do it all yourself. Like you're the only person in the business, therefore you have to do everything. Um, and some of the greatest revelations I've had is offloading those things. And then it turns out that those people that I offloaded them to were just better and smarter and faster at doing those things than I was. So like when I think about, you know, our accountancy and bookkeeping, just offloading the bookkeeping for like 20 pounds an hour, you know, at the beginning, like 20 pounds an hour. Oh, that's, I mean, how many hours a week is that? 125 pounds a week? But then when you look at how much time you then get back, like what, what is your hour worth and what can you do that on the business? If you can get that time back and again, right at the beginning, I mean, invoicing isn't that big a job, so it really isn't that many hours, but it's one of those jobs that you do because you don't have an admin person to do it. You don't have a finance person to do it. And there are many, many jobs that look like that. And what I would do is encourage people to say, Hey, let me focus on the stuff that is going to help build the business for the long term and let me try and offload everything else. And that's pretty much one of the mantras that I try and stick with here is let's do what we're good at. And for everything else, we'll have a partner or a, you know, a service provider or somebody that does that work. That gives you back some of that time. And so your time management, you still have to have good time management. Don't be wrong. I, I'm on my day off, but I've, I've sat around playing Lego today. I'm like, ah, oh, isn't it nice? I haven't looked at my phone. Because I've got the support system in place. I've got a couple of people in place. I've got trusted processes in place. I haven't had to be, oh my God, I, I can't take a day off. And I know there are people in my situation as the founder of a business who can't take a day off. They can't, they're terrified to put the phone down. I sat at an event with Pax8 in Bristol and the guy sat next to me was constantly on his phone. 
And we had a conversation. I said, you'll see my phone's in my bag. I haven't looked at it all day. I might check it at lunch, but you know, that's about it. And it's just that difference of being able to offload those things and have that support network in place. Even if you're a one-man band, there's virtual assistants, there's bookkeeping services, there's things that you can do that, yes, do cost a bit of money, will eat into the margin, but the time that you get back, you will then invest better in the, the customers, the quality of keeping customers or getting customers, the two main things you need to do, get customers, keep customers. That's where your focus needs to be. Question for you, Scott. So rolling back to like the one-man band days of um, just being on your own, did you outsource anything at that point? Because I think the like the one thing that I would do when first starting out is get a bookkeeper for like yeah, £20 an hour, get the bookkeeper. You, you, you can still do the invoicing if you want to and still do the chasing, but I think just having someone there whose job it is to make sure everything's been categorized and the tax treatment and all that kind of, cause that can, that can cause a mess like later on. Yeah. It's not yeah. worth the hassle. So do that from day one, but is there anything, did you do that? And is there anything else you would outsource literally from day one and just suck up the cost, even if you've got no income coming in? Yeah. I mean, we, we literally did uh, bookkeeping. HR was straight away because I knew we were going to be hiring someone at some, or rather, I guess it was, it wasn't day one. Cause it was at the point where we we're going to hire someone. I'm like, I don't have, like legal contracts, I don't have terms of you know employment, I don't have any of that. And so I could buy some templates or we could have a, a HR service, which is like 200 pounds yeah. a month, deals with everything, includes all kinds of insurances. But bookkeeping went out, we had a uh, legal that went out because again, we just stuff that's way out of my comfort zone. I also outsourced, but it turned out to be a bad move, kind of marketing, um, website building and lead generation services in those early days. Because again, it was stuff that I wasn't great at. And what I was looking for was to buy essentially in the services of someone who was better at it than me. But what I found, and I think this is really true of, of all nimble MSPs, is that the best person to articulate what it is that you do to potential clients is you. So if, if we can free up your time so that you can express that on, on video, on your website, on your social media, or, you know, on LinkedIn campaigns, you are best placed to get that message across. That's genuinely my belief. So if we can take the other distractions out the way, let's say it's just you and you're a one-man band. You have to do technical delivery and you have to be getting the message out about what it is that you're good at. Those, those are my two main focuses and the other stuff I would, I would get rid of. And yes, day one, you know, we had a bookkeeper, even though... There wasn't that much money coming in, so she didn't have a lot to do. Um, but now maybe it's £150 a month you know, for the time that we need on bookkeeping. And she'll check in every Thursday she does the books. Now, I'll tell you right at the beginning, every day I was still going into zero and going into the bank account. And going, Is this a balance up now? I mean, we're a year or so later now, two, no, two, two years later now. Um, I don't look. I don't need to look. That's, that's what the bookkeeper does. <laughs> I get told off if I go into my zero because I'm like, oh, click the green button that's already there that says reconcile. Click the green button. And then I get a message saying, what have you done? <laughs> just click the button. I, it looks fine. I get fine. told off too. Yeah. She's like, you put these things through. You don't pay VAT on biscuits. I thought everybody knows that. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> Sorry, cookies, Andrew. But yeah, you don't, you, don't, you don't pay VAT on those. Oh, okay. Uh, so this is what I mean. They're better, faster, smarter at it than I am. And it's yeah. 20 pounds, 25 pounds an hour. Yeah. Also, if there, um, this is going to be a little plug, but I've got a very, very good bookkeeper who has some spare capacity. So if anyone's uh, needing a bookkeeper, uh, I've just set her up with a couple of my MSP clients. Uh, I think she's doing bookkeeping for them now, but there's a, there's a few, a bit more space there. So I think she's 20 or 25 pounds an hour, uh, but she's very, very good. So yeah, if you need anything, then give me a, a link on DM if you're really struggling. Yeah. So I, th I think there's two, two stems to that conversation. So let's cover that. While we're on the topic of money, I'm going to cover that one kind of first and then we'll kind of backtrack a little bit on the time management you know for me when I, when i go in and see that too that was one of the when i got ConnectWise when it was available um the cloud version in 2005 yes i go back a little ways that was the very first thing that i did how how do i automate everything inside of there so that i get my money the quickest so you know that that i still see Believe it or not, I still see that where people don't have ACH or credit card payments. They don't have automated invoicing coming out of their PSA tool. Um, that is super simple. And to me, you don't really need a bookkeeper. If you're, if you're just starting and it's just you, you don't need a bookkeeper. 
that is the first thing you do in your PSA tool, in my humble opinion, is you set up your agreements, what the agreements cover, what they don't cover, so that the tool does the work for you. And you know, for, for us, that was the very first thing I did. Went in, set up all of our agreements, set up the customers with those agreements so that come the 18th of the month, I would do the processing of the invoicing out of ConnectWise and it would automatically pull the money on the 28th. So it would actually generate the invoice, send it to the customer. I had it connected to QuickBooks. And again, there's tons of other solutions. This was 2005. Um, we would pull the ACH or credit cards on the 28th of the month. That way, going into the next month, I had all my money. I knew how I was going to make payroll, how I was going to pick contractors. I knew how, how the bills were going to get paid, how we keep the lights on. So the stress level went completely different. You, you operated in a different mindset. Even as a one-man band in 2005, I knew that I didn't have to worry about all of that stuff. I knew that when I put time in ConnectWise, that it was going to the right agreement, and it was either including it in the agreement, or if it wasn't including in, included in the agreement, then it would generate another invoice, a separate. But we had those were very few. Um, but I think, you know, if, if you automate that part of it, you have to be able to pay your bills. And I yeah. think that causes stress in every other aspect of your life, especially with time management, because everything boils down to how do I get paid? Do I have enough money to pay what needs to be paid? And if you take that out of the equation, like I said, you're operating at a completely different level. So if if you have your billing automated in your PSA tool right now, put that in the comments because I, I, I still see that when I get on coaching calls with customers. That's the first thing I ask. Where's your money coming from? You know, And are, do you have it coming in? Do people still owe you money? Because if you can't solve that problem, you're, you won't stay in business very long. <laughs> I mean, that's just, yeah. that's just the, the, the nature of it. Um, yeah. So I'm curious it, you to know, see you know, how that comes up in the chat, too. So if you're watching this after the fact, too, put, this, put it in the comments of the video. Let us know whether or not you have that part dialed in and automated. Um, yeah. Because it, it is not as hard as you think it is. And, it, and I think we overcomplicate that process and that part so much that it it causes people not to do it um so and there are services said, like um, go cardless that don't charge you any monthly fee i think you you can pay your monthly fee for go cardless but there's a basic one that you just pay no fees and they just take a like one percent or two percent cut off the top of what you're billing and i'd rather give up one or two percent to know that my pay payment's coming in every month like all the that, time that's what we use we use you're right it's something that i totally overlooked is that we use go cardless um and stripe so the the billing is all entirely automated so everything we get through from um pax 8 if you know just for csp licensing side of things is automatically reconciled into into our um, psa which then is reconciled into zero which then goes and asks for on the first of the month Here's what we're going to be invoicing you for licenses. And then it actually triggers. We used to, we used to trigger go cardless seven days later because we said, Hey, you know, licenses, you kind of get seven days to pay. But what we found was by the time it triggered go cardless, go cardless would then take another seven days before we got the cash. So it's now the 15th and we haven't been paid. So we were a bit savvy and said, okay, look, you know, invoices are due on demand. So day one, they're, they're due today, first of the month. And that triggers GoCardless to immediately go and do the direct debit claim from their, from their bank account. And then we're getting paid by the 7th or 8th at the latest at the moment. Quick, quick mention yeah. here, because I've had this question a few times. When you're, if you're billing from your PSA tool, and I believe you should be personally, because mm -hmm. you get a lot more customization and flexibility with what the information you present, once that invoice then gets you know copied and created into your billing platform like Zero or QuickBooks, as long as Go Cardless is tied into that, it will still create the direct debit collection. There's yeah. a lot of people that think that you can't bill from your PSA system because you have to bill from Zero to generate like the the, yeah. the direct debit collection. It doesn't work like that. As long as the um, PSA system is creating that copy invoice in Zero, it's still going to go away and collect the direct debit like anything yeah. else. Yeah, Just yeah, yeah. To clarify it, that from others. It, it sees it as a triggered invoice and then goes to yeah. collect it. If, if they've got the relationship with the customer, yeah, it just works. And the other nice thing about you know doing things in your PSA system is that again, for me as the 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 player manager role, is 
I don't have to do things like creating quotes because quotes can be created in the PSA system. It used to be we had to create them in zero. That's, that's me. Um, I don't have to trigger invoices when a project's complete because the guys can say this project is complete and it triggers the invoice. Again, previously, that was me in zero saying, well, actually once a, once a week saying to the guys, right, which projects have we done? Where are we up to? When are we billing? Can I bill any of these projects yet? Um, and we still have that weekly check-in call now, but we use it for a different reason to just check in on the projects and the guys rather than I was using it as a trigger point for invoicing and me sitting in zero to, to, to send those off. Um, and again, if they're set up in go cardless, then we can go and claim that money. Uh, but if not, then it's, you know, um, what are we on at the minute? 14 day payment terms. I'm trying to get it down. I'm getting better. We're on 14 days at the moment. Yeah, so we got another plus one for Go Cardless from Robert Gibbons. Hey, Robert, what's happening? So, yeah, so let's just go through some of the questions. Uh, yeah. I know Robert is a regular over on our show. So um, I think, you know, we've touched on something. We automatically think that our PSA tool is the tech. But, like, that that has to be number one. Um, uh, Gareth said, yes, Autotask is complicated. Um I would take the time to figure that out. That's just, that's my personal feeling on that. If you don't have your money dialed in when the economy hits, when the next pandemic hits, when a recession hits, you're going to be in trouble. I mean, that's just when people stop paying and you're already behind, you're in trouble. Um, so for me, that's, that's got to be the number one thing is you got to get your money dialed in to take care of the other, the other issues that could pop up. So, uh, so, and again, there's so many tools now with, with Halo PSA, like the PSA tools, the accounting tools, all of that is, I mean, just, there's so many more options than there was when I got started, uh, for certain. So, um, let's go through some of the qu other questions. Let me make sure I didn't miss any here. Um, so again, just on, on the billing side, I think we've kind of covered that, um, Look at it. one more comment here. Uh, Robert said, onboarding a new client, the first thing they have to do in, is sign in to go cardless, no signature. They don't move forward. Yes. Build That's that into, exactly. just make it as appear as that is standard operating procedure. We did EchoSign, which is now uh, Adobe Sign. So we did electronic signatures of our, our contracts. They couldn't, last page was an ACH credit card form. They could not finish signing up for the contract unless they filled that in. So you just make it part of the process. And I think we're all used to that now. There isn't anybody that doesn't have some form of auto pay on something in their life. So again, you shouldn't be any different. And, and we feel that it's, oh, it might get weird with the customer. Well, I'd rather have that weird you know, conversation up front than to have the weird yeah, conversation money. six months from now when they owe me 30 grand. Yeah. Yeah. So, and again, I, I, I made two exceptions in 10 years on that. I had a couple of people push back and say they didn't want to do it. So I went against my better judgment and let them off the hook. And it bit me both times mm -hmm. to the tune of about 30 grand. So I don't, yes, I don't do it. Nobody else. I mean, I had an attorney do that he was like he he didn't want to and gave me so i'm like okay i'll help you out a year later i was sitting on a ten thousand dollar bill and he went out of business hmm. so anyway get your money dialed in that's all the other time management <laughs> problems that's that's so that is the challenge of running nimble msp is getting paid uh so that's got to be number one priority if you're not automating that process you don't have credit card ach make that a, a priority for the next quarter. Hmm. Uh, Should we tackle some um, some lead? There's been a few lead generation tools. Yes, lead generation I, on, a shoe, uh, on a bootstrap budget. Let's see who Marco. had that one. Yeah, Marco Hernandez. Welcome, Marco. Yes, that is a good one. So uh, who wants to jump on that one first? I, I'm going to say one thing because after, and this is something I've not done for a very long time, and, and thank you both of you for helping me, encourage me to do it. So we, we, we drew up some lead generation things like, was it two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Yeah. I've had, I don't know if it's every single day, but at least every other day I've had multiple people come through those lead gen, uh, like a 10 steps to do this. And there's like an eight steps webinar. And, and similar to Andrew, I'm not actually promoting it anywhere. I've not 
posted <laughs> the link. I think I mentioned it's it in maybe the live the live stream once. Um, I don't think I, I know. I think I posted the link once on LinkedIn, but I've not done any Google pay per click or Facebook target like no, nothing behind it, and it's still regularly bringing people like through, which is just it's just nuts. So yeah, if there's one thing I could say is just spend the what was it like half an hour? Not even that. I think coming up with a ten reasons why or ten steps to do this or three things that uh, there's one one company I was talking to that desi- uh, that works with um, like design agencies. Uh, it was one of their one of like focuses, one of their verticals. And I was just trying to come up with something like you know five tools that every you know the, the top top fifty design agencies in the world are using that you might not know about, or just just things like that that um, is valuable to the clients um, that that you're kind of working with. So just spend the time doing that because that's you know lead generation step one is get the leads through the door, and that's a perfect way to try and get some leads through the door. So yeah, thank you. Thank you for that, guys. That's very, very useful yeah. for me. And I, I think that that, Marco, let me know too, Marco, those of you who are in the tech tribe, let me know as well, because I just popped the mm. lid on a, a new resource that you're going to get access to with Growably last week on uh, the two Q&A calls that I did. Uh, but let me know if you have any any type of lead generation. I think we talked, was it two weeks ago or was it last yeah. week? No, it's two yeah, I did a whole live stream a couple of weeks ago as well, is why your lead generation isn't working. One, most folks don't even have any any form of sign-up process on their website. I have no way of giving you my information to get something back in value. If that's not there, you're never going to collect a lead. Um, and yeah, this does not have to be a 200-page ebook. Uh, I'm going to pop that in the chat. I'm going to find that real quick, the two calls that I did last week. Um <laughs> Well, and uh, you, whilst Alex you're doing that, that as well, sorry, Alex, Alex yeah. was also saying about the uh, lead generation. So, uh, it, oh no, that was it. What, don't know what to do in my ninety minutes. Do, do that. Just, just yes. do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you, you both mentioned the key word there, which was value. It's about giving value. It's not about you know doing doing a, a PDF on your managed IT services or your your mm. stack. It's not about doing a, a video explaining you know what your price points are and why you charge those and, and what you get in each you know bundle because that's that's not the interesting bit and people on on LinkedIn or, or wherever you're you know pushing those then they're, they're not looking for that you might might just bump into someone who happens to be in the mood that exact minute to understand some pricing about your IT services but if you you know, if, if if you're in a vertical, if if you specialize and, and you've you've got some great case study material in, in a particular vertical, have a look at that vertical. What are their common challenges? And like Pete says, you know, here are 10 great ways to do this. Here's 10 great ways design agencies are tackling this problem. Here's five great ways that law firms are working from anywhere. Just start to put those seeds in. And it's stuff that you know, right? Or if you're in the tech tribe, the stuff that you can go and get out of the marketing packs right now that you can pull out and make a PDF out of and post it onto LinkedIn or post the the landing page on LinkedIn. Hey, five great ways, you know, that every law firm's working from home. Ten security risks that your staff are taking. Try not to be too buzzfeedy. Ten security yep. risks that your staff are taking every day. You won't believe number seven. Uh, no, but make sure it sounds valuable, right? Number that, three is my favorite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was shocked by number five. Um <laughs> But it's it's that thing of giving value. We're not selling here. We're not selling. You're trying to get a lead. We're not trying to close a sale. And I think so many times when we think about lead generation, we just think, right, how does that get someone to sign up for a managed IT service? That's that's what right. I want. Cool. But that's the end of the journey. You know, that's yeah. that's the wedding. Where's the where's the dating and the romance and, and the wooing? But we, <laughs> we need to do those first few steps, right? Of giving value, giving things away. Mm-hmm. Um and it works so well. With Pete, you just said, you know, in two weeks, you've now getting leads every single day. You took, what, a couple of hours to make a PDF and put it on the website with a little landing page, maybe post it on LinkedIn and say, hey, here's five great ways to do this. That's as easy as it is. Now, it doesn't always work, right? That That's true. And none of this stuff is overnight fixes. That's where you've got to have the patience. Um, I didn't have the patience, right? So in the first six months, I have a network of people and I have the serendipity of the universe that's bringing me opportunities. Fantastic. I can't build a business on that. So I started to partner up with people who were experts at lead generation. And one of those, I we had a, we had a project in and we finished it and it paid us something like 30,000 pounds. And I said to Ben, because this was early doors, 
we we have an opportunity here to take a lot of that money and go and spend it on an advertising campaign. And I've seen these guys and they look really good and they work in our industry and they're guaranteeing leads and lead generation, but it's going to cost us £20,000. We've just been paid this 30. We can take 20 of that 30. We can spend it on this. But I think over the next six months, it's going to ramp in a load of sales opportunities for us. And we both kind of, yeah, cool. It makes sense. £20,000 completely wasted because... They, I mean, for one thing, probably it wasn't a long enough advertising campaign, but for another, none of it gave value. None of it represented us. None of it sounded like us. None of it showed us in any way. So the opportunity for any of our clients or prospects to know, like, and trust us was not there because we weren't giving away any of those things. Okay. So what I would say is if you're in those early stages, don't be tempted by the quick fix. Don't be tempted by the eat this tablet and you can eat as much fat food as you like because you'll never get fat because you take the magic tablet. It's a slow yeah. process and you've got to continually keep putting out those PDFs, those videos, you know, get confident to do videos um, and chat to people, put yourself out there. I'm going to shut up for a minute, but I think you get my point. Give value. Don't sell. That's that's not what this is about. This I, I think there was, there was one thing there that I slightly disagree on um, for a different reason though, With in terms of the video stuff. <laughs> so because um, i know uh, a friend of mine jez he's been starting to do some videos this uh this week i think he's just posted his second video today and um and his are very much salesy videos they're like this is our pricing this is how we do this and that which in my opinion is fine because if you are looking to do video as like to get going with that kind of you know whole video side of things and marketing i personally don't care what video people make for the first like you know, 20 or 30 videos, they just need to get used to doing the videos. So even if it is salesy stuff, I mean, I, I wouldn't recommend salesy stuff, just like you've said. Um, but the interaction engagement, the feedback he's getting already on those videos, those first few videos, um, I saw a ton of vendors jump on the first one. I've seen a mixture jump on the second video he's, he's posted out there. So it's, it's getting interest and impact with people. Um, but I would, yeah, like exactly what Scott said there, if you roll back and actually go, um, down the route of providing value rather than just selling stuff. It's, it's like the, the people that connect with you on LinkedIn and the first thing they do is trying to trying to pitch to you. That's kind of what you're doing there with the videos. So just just think what what else could happen if you didn't pitch to people, if you could just kind of show them, hey, here's a typical working day or some some fun facts or just just something that's different and interesting. I think that's the main thing with, you know, we've, we've done sessions on video before, but just going out there to pitch, 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 constantly pitch, it doesn't work. Uh, it, it might convert the odd one or two and you'll feel good about yourself because it's done like one video in, one sale out. Great. But the the long-term stuff does work. And unfortunately, it is long-term stuff. You do have to do it for a while. Um, I, I dare say I asked how, how long Andrew was doing live streaming before, before it turned into anything from a monetary value um, from that perspective. But yes, that's that just one slight disagreement. Yeah, six to eight months on the live streaming. Scott and I had a great conversation about live streaming. And if you're worried about how to come up with content, a live stream like this is tons of micro content you can create out of one one effort. But yeah, go back and watch that. But I think, you know, to touch on this, um, as Alexio said, sometimes the marketing results after pushing and pushing or you get no results get, makes you crazy. Yeah. But again, it's because of what you guys pointed out. It, it, it's it's that shiny penny syndrome where I do something and I don't get immediate results. So, okay, that didn't work. I'm going to go over here and try this. Oh, that didn't work. Oh, let's go try this. Oh, well, this course tells me that if I do this, then I get this result. And you're, you're splitting your time too many ways before you've actually put enough effort into one thing to actually make it work. Um, and I think if you did that, what Scott talked about, something that's easy and simple, that you create a PDF that is of value you know, and again, you're going to get one of them that we created for the tribe that they're going to get in the next couple of weeks. Seven common mistakes that small businesses make with cybersecurity. Nothing salesy about that. The whole point is to get somebody to grab that just to make sure I need to double check. Are we doing these seven things? And then it leads to a different conversation. But that is a way to get somebody to give you their information because I'm giving something of value to them. If you do these seven things you will have 90% of your cybersecurity problems solved. Not permanently, but if you're doing these seven things, double check whether or not you're doing them. If you have an IT company, make sure they're doing these things. 
And then, you know, that is something of value to protect the client. Very simple. But if all you did was create one of those every month, which I think, how long did that take you to make up yours? Uh, yeah, mine was about 30 minutes for the checklist. And then I did a 10 email sequence follow up, which was just probably 10 minutes per email, roughly speaking, just to draw that up. And I've, I've now got it to a stage where there's 10 steps. And I'm just going to spend another 30 minutes every week adding two more steps to that same. So it's an ongoing kind of email follow up. Yeah. So, I, you know, I think that that's important that you do just if that's all you did in that given month to work on lead generation is take one or two hours to make something of value, put up a landing page and have a form to collect first name and email address. That's it. I don't need company name and phone number and their birthday and their kids names. It's too much stuff. If you want lead, you've got to make it as easy as possible. And and I think that could be a whole different d- discussion on what actually is a lead. Um, most MSPs think that a lead is somebody who's ready to write me a check right now. Those don't exist. I mean, if somebody was able to package that up and deliver that every month, you couldn't afford them. Like I would charge a million dollars for that, literally per person. But, you know, you have to start a conversation to get to that point of getting married, uh, of getting to the MSP uh, contract. And I think that that's what everybody's missing is they want to go straight to that. And if they don't get that, then that marketing channel didn't work. These leads stink. Hmm. Oh, that's not, they're just, it's the timing isn't there or you haven't, you haven't done the three C's. You haven't gotten, haven't, you haven't gotten them clarity on what, what they're doing now isn't working. You haven't gotten commitment out of them that they need to change what's not working, or you haven't given them the confidence that you're the person to, to make that change happen for them so they can get what they want. That's it. That's marketing in a nutshell. Uh, and I, I overcomplicate. The, the, the few comments we've seen of the um, people saying like the Legion's not working. And we had Marco saying he did a printed direct mail campaign, ran three and zero results. Uh, there's someone else also saying, I think Alex Harvey saying that there was um, you know, marketing campaigns that, that don't end up in, in any results. Uh, I think the main thing there is that you're obviously, well, I say you're obviously it sounds horrible, like you're obviously doing something wrong. Um, if, if something isn't working, you're either doing it wrong, the, the copy's not strong enough, the value's not strong enough in there, or you're putting it in, into the wrong like into the wrong audience. Like you, you've not niched the audience properly. Um, there was a uh, Vic, Vic, somebody. There's um, from from a, a marketing perspective, like if you want to do something good for marketing, I always like advocate doing something different to everybody else. Vic Edwards, there's a guy called Vic Edwards. Um, he's in a LinkedIn group that I'm a member of, and he posts from some very entertaining IT. things. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, uh, is it like VLAN? I think his company name or something yeah, on those lines. VLAN but IT. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just funny. Uh, it, to me, he stands out from like all the people on LinkedIn because I actually watch his videos because I know I'm going to be entertained and I'm going to laugh. So rather than just putting yeah. out the same old kind of drivel, drivel that everyone puts out there, here's the reasons why you should sign up with me. Here's my pricing. Here's my packages. Like genuinely, it's funny. So I think in, um, in terms of marketing, try doing something a little bit different. I, Vic's been like singing in some of his videos. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a couple. Of, uh, I think Ross Sprouse is another one. Um, I, I love the videos. He created a whole new alter ego, kind of what Pete Matheson or uh, Pete um, <sighs> McKinnon did with the kind of the alter yeah. ego with Squarespace. He's done that <laughs> in the IT space. And, and, and the thing of it is the engagement on those posts is through the roof. But again, mm-hmm. everybody's... It, it's the fear. And again, we, we could talk about that in a two hour long session on, on the fears, why people don't try things different. So to Marco's point, what is our opinion of printed direct mail campaigns? There's so many things that you have to have dialed in with direct mail. And, you know, one of them, it goes back to what Pete said is the list. Who are you sending it to? Do they even know who you are for one? And do they care? You know, nine times out of 10, that's going straight in the trash. If they don't have a need for IT services, that's going right in the trash. So, you know, I don't, I'm not opposed to direct mail, but I think that that is probably more in the advanced level of marketing, in my opinion. Like if you, if you can't get the simple PDF lead generation, somebody gives me their name and email address like that, that to me is the low hanging fruit. That is the simple marketing to do like i would get that figured out and dialed in before you go 
pull a list from somewhere for with a thousand people who don't know where who you are and do a three-step direct mail campaign. I mean, there's so many dynamics to that. It is, you know, Marco, did you do follow-up calls with all of those letters that you sent out? Like the actual response rate is dramatically lower if you're not doing that. So there's, and again, that's more advanced marketing stuff. And we have all hear that. I need more leads. I need more leads. I need more leads. Okay. Well, that's how you do it. You, you, you create that buzz yourself, either doing a video or doing a live stream, doing something different than everybody else is doing, or you provide something simple as a checklist or a PDF that they can, if they execute this with or without your help, they got value for giving you their email address. That's, that's, that's kind of marketing one-on-one. Um, there's Just one other ahead. thing from like a direct mail perspective as well. Like literally, I, I set up my business. I got like a thousand flyers printed. They were horrendously designed, but that's what it is when you, when you first set up. But I literally took those flyers and walked around the business start, uh, estates around here and was knocking on doors, going into places and saying, hey, just started the business. Like, here's my information. Here's my, my like, little flyer thing. And it did pick up a couple of clients to start off with. There's like things like that that were much better because you get face-to-face time with the client. It's the, you know, you as the owner going in, potentially even meeting the owner of those businesses as well. So that's, you know, I'd rather that than a colder direct mail approach where you're just kind of sending them out and you're not actually seeing the people at the other end unless you do the follow-up and the, the calls and those kind of things. Um, yeah, exactly. In terms of direct mail, that that might be another option to, to give, it, give it a try. I mean, the other thing now that we're able to start going back in person is in-person lunch and learns. Mm. I would rather see somebody spend a thousand dollars on, I mean, think about what you can do for a thousand dollars. If you rented a space, had catering and made a kick butt event for a thousand bucks versus spending a thousand dollars on a three-step campaign that you pulled a list with nobody who knows who you are. That's the type of stuff that I would rather, and people ask me, what would you, if you had two grand, what would you spend it on? So, you know, I would do, you know, for me, Either do a in-person lunch and learn or go buy yourself some kick butt video gear for two grand and get comfortable behind the camera. That's what I would do with two grand if I had two grand to spend on an MSP. And get some MDF funding to then top that up to 4K. There you go. Yeah. Get your vendors to help you pay for it. I mean, it's it's just those things. The one thing I never do is is get that MDF funding. Well, that's the one thing that, as a again, as like a you know one man band, nimble MSP, nimble MSP. um, If you haven't got money, or if you've got a little bit of money, speak to your vendors. Like we used to get asked all the time by our vendors, like, "What can we do for you?" And we'd always just go, "Nothing. Leave us alone. We just want to crack on and and do what we're doing. And if we need something, we'll we'll speak to you." Because we just felt like pressurized. They're just getting us to sell stuff. But actually, you go back to them and say, oh, hey, we've got this idea. Like, we're thinking of doing this video series. Let's do a podcast. Like, you know, whatever we're doing now, speak to them, give them the idea, and they can actually fund half of that for you. So there, there's, there yeah. are ways of getting money from your vendors to help you sell their services and help you build your business and grow your businesses as well. So, yeah, and I will tell you this. Thing. It is much easier if, if, it, if it is around some type of event. Because yes. when I did in-person lunch and learn, they want to see, you know, some, what is tangible. I got giveaways from Microsoft. You know, they gave me free office license. There was an, you know, an office here in Columbus. And I reached out through LinkedIn, the local Microsoft rep, you know, somebody who's more in the, in, in the publicity small biz space. And he would send me stuff. Sophos was another one. They would send me books, these little cyber books, how to protect yourself. They would send me boxes of them to give away at the events. So yes, you know, the, to answer that question, Alex had that question. Do vendors do M- MDF for Nimble MSPs? Yes. But you have to ask. They're not generally going to come find you. Um, and that's where I found it was really easy when I did a lunch and learn because it is an event. People are coming. They know, they know that you're going to get in front of multiple people on that event. And, you know, when you would, we would tie in and have our, our clients also do presentations at these. So I've got a whole, you know, thing around lunch and learns. You don't have to run the whole thing yourself. Get your customers involved. We had attorneys were our, our main bread and butter clients. And guess what? They are more than happy to come in and speak in an event where they could potentially have customers. And they loved it. 
our clients loved it. Prospects who were sitting in the audience loved it because they got free legal advice, basically, when they would do these presentations. Then guess what? You've got somebody else who can help you foot the bill. They went half with us on, you know, the catering. And it doesn't have to be super fancy. We think we did the first one we did was uh, just like a sandwich place, a, a fancier sandwich place that came in and we did a catered lunch and sweet tea. There you go. I think the total, it was like 300 bucks and the space was already available in the office in, in the building where I had our offices. I got access to a free event space on the first floor. So it was great, but you have to think outside the box when you're, when you need to do lead generation. And there's so many things as far as direct mail, even uh, Marco added, added that in there as well. Yes. He, he uh, actually, that's he, yeah, Marco said networking groups. Uh, let me go back and find his previous one. There it is. Uh, he said, yep, he did the tribal postcard, two free hours of IT, but did not follow up. So again, that's that's there's so many dynamics to different types of marketing. Um, but yes, direct mail is probably in the more advanced categories. Mm-hmm. You know, I think so simple lead generation. Yeah, go ahead. Question for you both. Um, we've been saying like if we if we had a grand or two, like this is what we spend it on. If if we had a grand total of zero pounds, what would you spend that on? What what would you spend your time on instead when, when you're that one-man band, you've just started up, you've got no income, or certainly your income, maybe you're breaking even, but you've got no money to spend. What would you do? I mean, I think we've, we've said the same thing, which is, you know, those lead generation campaigns on... Um, LinkedIn and on your website. I mean, your website, not so much because people aren't going there yet. You've just started. So you probably don't have a brand. No one knows your website. No one's visiting. That that was my attitude towards our website right at the beginning. So my stomping ground was LinkedIn because LinkedIn has an opportunity for anyone to see my content. I had a reasonably big network. So if I could post something, there's a chance that it would get liked and shared and, and seen by a wider audience. So you know, I, I had zero pounds and LinkedIn was where I would say, right, let's start trying to put uh, content out. Let's put value out. I've got a Logitech webcam that maybe I did or didn't keep from the previous job. I don't know. Um, but I can make a video saying about who we are and what we do. And I, I, I've said this before. It was literally balanced on a laptop, st- stood on an ironing board so that I could get it at eye level whilst I talked to the camera. I didn't have a microphone. I didn't have fancy lighting, like all this stuff. I just talked to the camera and I I tried to be funny. I'm not funny, but I tried to be funny. And I tried to do like the Monty Python, um, no one expects the Spanish Inquisition. And I was, no one expects a cloud nexus. Our one main thing that we're good at is Microsoft 365 and Teams. Wait, no, our two main things. You see where this is going. But I did that. And again, just people started to engage with it and like with it, you know, and that kind of stuff. And it's like probably one of the first crappiest videos I ever did. But... the whole point was we had zero pounds. We've got a webcam. We've got me. I know what we do. I've got to find a way to express to all these people on LinkedIn who might want to buy something from us. What is it that we do? And I have time. There is no cost for any of those things. LinkedIn's a completely free platform where you don't have to have sales navigator or whatever it is. I did have, I tried it. It made no difference. You can post content. And if you, and exactly like you guys have been talking about with like Vic and some of the other guys that are on there, once you put content on there and you try to just be a bit different from all the noise out there, do things that the other guys won't do. Because let me tell you, the big MSPs won't let individual personalities jump onto LinkedIn and express themselves. They, they don't do a lot of that because those guys are expensive and they're busy and they shouldn't be messing around on LinkedIn. They have salespeople to do that. So you're not getting like the super techie guys who understand the customer challenges and problems posting that stuff and doing those videos. That tends to happen quite rarely. There are some individuals, but they stand out from the pack when they do that. As an agile MSP, you have an opportunity to stand out as much as they do because it's very easy to differentiate in MSP. Most people won't do the things that you could do, right? For example, and I'm looking at a stupid idea that I had a few weeks ago, which said, why don't we do a live event where we're going to show people exactly what we do? All of the consultancy that people pay us money to do I'm going to run a live event and we're just going to try and show people as much of that as we can in two hours. 
Okay. That currently has, it's going to happen at the end of the month. It currently has 110 people signed up to watch that live stream. And I'm like, okay, why are we doing that? Well, one, I love to share knowledge. Two, it's an opportunity to show, but hey, we, you know, we know this stuff. We're quite good at it. But three, it gives everyone who watches that an opportunity to learn something, take away some value. We're not selling anything. But if at any point they think, do you know what? I need some help with a 365 project. Who were those guys that were on live and bold enough to be live and do this thing? I mean, don't do live events with children, animals, and, and the Microsoft partner portal, right? But who were those guys that were bold enough to do that? It's those guys. We're going to stand yeah. out by being different. I guarantee you the big MSPs won't do this. They won't put their best and brightest on a free live event like this because that's chargeable money they should be earning from someone. It's also their, their IP, right? Well, how we set up 365 is proprietary information. No, it isn't, mate. We, the, the, there are ways to do it and there's ways to not do it. I'm, I'm going to yep. show people the best ways to do it. And do you know what? I bet we learn something from that as well. Someone will jump in the comments and go, oh, did you know you should have done this, this, this? Cool. Even better. Do something that the other guys won't do. That is how you're going to stand out. And most of you are looking at video just going, I don't want to do video. I haven't got a personality. I've got a face for radio. It works because every other MSP is looking at it going, I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. You I'm can scared. stand out so easily. Yeah, I'm terrified. You will get past that because let's be honest, when you start making those videos, no one's watching anyway. Okay, so you, you can get over yourself because no one's watching. And then over time, you will build up to be better at it and more comfortable with it. But all that time, you're building content and you're building a library of lead generation. We have a video that's now over a year old that is still generating leads today. We had a lead last week on that same video. We haven't looked at it in over a year. Andrew, you and I chatted about it. I had to go and look at when it was released. It was over a year ago. But that content is sits there. It's evergreen and people find it. And that's a lead that's coming. It's actually turned into, sorry, it's not a lead. It's a deal. We've, we've, we've spoken to the client. They're really interested. We're doing, we've got an order from them. That's what we made a year ago because other people won't do that. And again, that video. Thank you. Got to give you some props, some, some applause there. 30 minutes of explaining to people how Microsoft Teams voice pricing works. We don't, we don't sell yeah. Teams pricing. It's not an interesting subject. But like the people that have, have ordered from us out of the back of that video have watched it twice because it's 30 minutes of just explaining something that they didn't understand. And people just go, hey, you clearly understand this better than we do. Can you help us with this project? Cool. Yeah, we, we never intended for that to be a sales piece. And that's been our entire attitude. I will shut up. But that's been our entire attitude towards giving value out of the content that we produce. Yeah. And, I, it, you know, Pete, you know my love and, and for LinkedIn. Um, and, and my whole concept of LinkedIn came when I was running my MSP, doing the trial and error, figuring out what works, what doesn't work. And to answer Omnitech's question, do you think LinkedIn is any good for posting tech stuff? Yes. Yes. Here's, the, thing. here's, here's the caveat, I think, with to make you stand out is you have to give context on your content. Don't just tell me, hey, so-and-so, th this breach happened today. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay, tomorrow. This breach happened tomorrow. Okay. M you know, do you have MFA installed? What the heck is MFA? You got to give them context. And I think if somebody takes the time and gives context to content, you win. How does that, that breach at Target or whoever it was that day, how does that affect me? What do I need to do with that information? Should I be doing something? You have to give them that direction. Yeah. And I think, you know, if people are doing that and that's the type of tech stuff, as you mentioned, Scott, that you don't expect a lead for, or you're not going to necessarily get ROI immediately on it. Over time, putting out that content will come back to you in spades. And that's the beauty of LinkedIn. I still get leads for IT from LinkedIn. I sold my business in 2014, almost a decade ago. The people that I met with, people that I interacted with 10 years ago, are in a new role 
and maybe they're in charge of picking a new IT provider now. I'm the first person that came to their mind because they came to an event or they interacted with me on LinkedIn or just something that I did that was memorable. I was the first person that they reached out to. And that's, that's how you do that over time. So, uh, but yes, if you are a tech tribe member, go in and take the LinkedIn advantage course. I give you every single step in excruciating detail everything that you should be doing with LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, so here's that link. I'm going to put that up there. Uh, to Scott's event, which he already has 110 registrations for. Is, is it registrations or is, it just, is that people that are, have clicked I'll attend on LinkedIn? Um, yeah, it's people that have clicked I'll attend on LinkedIn. So yeah, but we're also doing it on YouTube as well. So it'll stream to both. So hopefully. And now, again, I always anticipate like a 50% dropout rate on the day. Um, so it still says to me, 111 people said, yeah, they're interested, but I think, you know, maybe half of those will turn up, but if not, the, the recording will be there. The, um, the YouTube version will be there. And like you've said, Andrew, we'll be able then to dine out on that content for a long time as we chop it into other usable chunks. Yes. So if Scott and I did a whole thing on, on content repurposing on our, our live streaming yes. episode yeah, a few yeah. weeks ago. So if you haven't checked that out, go check that out. Um, Omnitech is making a LinkedIn account as he, as we speak. Uh, yes. So yes, you, that was a great question, Pete. What would I do if I have zero money? Yeah. That's what I would do. Yeah. Get comfortable on video. You know, you got a webcam, you, you use your phone. Yeah. We've got incredible cameras on yeah. these phones. Get on there, get comfortable with video, get on LinkedIn and start making connections. I give you all the scripts on how to make connections and how to find people and how to find your target market, how to look and see if you want to go into a target. All of that is in the LinkedIn Advantage course, which you get for free inside TechTribe. Just take the time to go through it. You'll find, um, I had Diana Giles went through it a couple weeks ago and just, I think she was on the second module using the scripts that I gave her, editing her pro profile. She made 26 new connections wow. in one week. So that is 26 people who now know who she is, that she can now start a conversation. <clears throat> Excuse me. She can now start a conversation with at any point because they now know who she is. And that was free. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it LinkedIn, I could go on all day long about LinkedIn and the power of what LinkedIn offers. I think um, Marco said that to him and go find his comment. Um uh, I think a lot, a lot of us in the tech space are introverts as well. It's quite nice on social that if you don't like someone or you don't get on with someone, you can just block them. Whereas if you <laughs> yeah. like, physically walk into a social environment, you can't ignore people <laughs> to that extent. Yeah, and that was Marco said, Scott's right. Since he switched to LinkedIn creator mode with advice from myself and Paul Green, I think I did a podcast with Paul. Uh, his newsletter and profile are getting more views. You now have people that actually know who you are. Even if they don't start a conversation, that is the thing with marketing is getting noticed. You need somebody to know who you are in the first place before any of that marketing is ever, ever going to work. Um, and that kind of goes back into me find the previous comment to, uh, yeah, I think it was for Tony Edwards. He said, I read a report on touch points for sales a few weeks, a few years back, and it was 13 touches, but they expected it to be up to 25 by 2025. Yes. So think about that. The first touch point is just, okay, who, who is Scott Riley? Okay, I'm connected with him on LinkedIn. Great. That's touch point number one. Day later, I see Scott's, you know, he pasted a great article on Office 365. Oh, he's doing a live stream in a couple weeks. Maybe I'll jump on that. If you're not doing anything, you're not going to have those touch points. And, and the thing of it is, is you never know exactly what those... 27 touch points might be because that's the latest number that I've heard. Um, I think Satima Fowler from Iconic IT, I was friends with her back when I had my MSP. She does the data and she's a very data analytics person like, like Nigel and myself. And that's what she said in her market, 27 touches before somebody actually gets into a conversation to become a client. But it, if you're not in the game long enough, you're not going to be there. Yeah. It, it makes sense if you if you think about 
Like we, we, we hope that we put out a piece of content that's valuable to someone at the exact moment that they're thinking of making a buying decision. And it just yep. isn't realistic. But if you, if you put out a great piece of content and then six months later, they are thinking about making a buying decision, they've already forgotten you in the noise because you weren't there consistently over that time. But if you're consistently in LinkedIn, if you're consistently on the feed, if you're consistently posting things of value, it reaffirms and reminds them and you stay top of mind throughout the whole process. When they do come to a buying decision, they're like, oh yeah, yeah. and it all starts to string together. These are the guys who consistently put out material around 365. We have a 365 project to do. Now you're there at the right time. Yeah, and and I think... You know, that's where a lot of people don't realize that too, is I was trying to find the report that I read. Less than 1% of the people in your market are searching for your product and service right now. Less than 1%. The likelihood that you're going to find that 1%, the less than 1% with your marketing is pretty slim, even if you're doing a lot of marketing. So think about that. Don't get discouraged by the numbers, especially in the beginning. If you're not doing any marketing, you're not on LinkedIn and you just signed up for an account. Don't, don't be deflated by the numbers. Trust the process and create that system where that happens every single month. And I think if you do that, if I do a little bit of LinkedIn every single day, and it could be as little as 10 to 15 minutes, and I do one PDF lead magnet, of value for somebody per month, what do you have at the end of six months? What do you have at the end of 12 months? I mean, and again, it's just the work that I put in 10 years ago, I'm still reaping 10 years later in a completely different business, in a completely different, you know, I, everything that I'm doing right now in my life is different than it was 10 years ago. But I'm still benefiting from those connections that I made 10 years ago. It looks like you've got some some new attendees to your uh, your live stream just, coming up too. I, I so. just refreshed and the numbers are going up. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> and, and that's the you know Scott and I talked about live streams and the interesting dynamic with live streams versus webinars. People don't have to necessarily fill out a form to join live, and I think that lowers the barrier to your content coming across to more people. And because if Okay, they know what happens. And they, okay, how many times do you, you register for an event with, with a fake email? I do it all the time. I was like, I know what's coming next. I know why you're asking me to register on the Zoom page with my first name, last name, email address, company, all that. It's the same go for your lead magnets. If we're asking for too much information, we're probably not going to get it. People are going to pass. But you catch it on a live stream where I don't have to register for anything. And I can sit here. We're now at a, a, an hour and four minutes. And I can get educated on a topic that I'm concerned with when that time comes that I need that. Those are the people I'm going to reach out to. And, and that is the hardest thing to do in marketing. And it's hard is it's even harder to put metrics around that exactly that. Let's see here. Nikki had to drop off, but she had one last comment here. She said, LinkedIn is, is a daily investment. I get 95% of all my business from my network there. My content is both technical and non-technical. Wow. I'm going to give her a cowbell too. <laughs> yeah, I, I could go on for days. I mean, that is where really almost between LinkedIn and being able to use my LinkedIn contacts to actually book my in-person events when I had an MSP, that was it. That was game changer. That was leaps and bounds better than anything I had done the previous eight years of running my MSP. And we had, I tried everything. I did what everybody else is doing. I tried this, tried that, tried this, tried that. Oh, this guru says to do this today. Oh, this guru says to send this direct mail campaign with three steps which is still being sold to this day with marketing copy from 10 years ago. But anyway, so Nikki heard the cowbell. So I'll give it to you one more time, Nikki. So <laughs> she said that that actually made her day. So I'm going to have to do the Christopher Walken. I need more cowbell. I'm going to have to snag that from Saturday Night Live. I got a fever. And the only thing that will cure it is more cowbell. 
All right. So yeah, Omnitech said yes. Yeah, not too much information. Yeah, just social security, bank account. Yeah. So you want to suppress lead generation? That's how you do it. Ask for tons of information. So you want to increase lead suppression? Just first name and email address. Okay, I'm going to get it. How many forms do you guys fill out for content or webinars when it, that's all it is? It's just first name, email address. I don't even think about it. Great. I'm Bob Felch. And here's my, here's my burner email. <laughs> but but the thing of it is, if, if that is consistent in their content that they're going to sell me something, I will do that. But for the people that consistently educate me and provide value, I have no problem whatsoever giving my information to have a further conversation. And I do it every single day. Um, you know, I was just on two live streams over the weekend you know, about products that I'm interested in. And I mean, there was some like the new roadcaster. I mean, there was some people just dropping all kinds of stuff on that. And that's who I want to, you know what I mean? That's, that's what people gravitate to that. He wasn't trying to sell me something. He was trying to educate me on something that I'm already interested in. Mm -hmm. So if you do that with managed services, it's game. If you provide that context to your content, Show them what does it mean for them. You win. You win every single time. So uh, let's see here. Let me see. Omnitext is sorry for asking. Is that H2R graphics you're using for the quick comment display? Oh, um, the, we're actually using Restream Studio. Um, so if you're wondering how we're getting those graphics to pop up, um, yeah, Restream is super easy and simple. Um, Pete and I use Ecamm. So I got to give a shout out to Ecamm. We're going to be switching this broadcast over to Ecamm shortly. So what? Just, just, just because I can do, we can do so, we can have so much more fun. Uh, you don't have to. It's, it, it doesn't change for you, Scott. You click the, you click a link. You join just like you are now. Hey, yeah, you can join from Windows, your phone doesn't matter. And if you can anyway. cross Luma Fusion, yeah. Luma Fusion. Uh, I've heard of it, but I'm not, I've not messed around with it. I'll have to look, have a look at that because, um, I've started playing with that. some of my live videos where you can trigger lights in the background. So you can tap a key and it'll play like a light sequence. So there's some, uh, add a bit of extra, just like chef's kiss to your, uh, <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. So it's, it's just an app. Is it a broadcast software? It, no, it's, it's, it's an app that you but basically tie into all your gotcha. lights and fixtures and, and all sorts of things. Now, I think you do sound in there as well, but um, yeah, it might, might be well up your street. Can you get a like a light to appear on your teeth when you're kind of like... <laughs> I'm yeah, sure we can, do can all... probably, probably make that happen. Exactly. We can make pretty much anything happen. So, <laughs> All right. I want to be respectful of you guys' time. I know it's five o'clock and it's beer, it's beer time for you guys uh, there in the UK. It is lunchtime for me. I'm going to have lunch right now. But beer thanks time. for it. Yeah. Beer, <laughs> beer time for you guys. So, Scott, enjoy beer time. time you as well. beer time. Happy birthday, Scott. Yeah, oh, I'm going to have to come yes. in. We'll have to come into the next episode with Danger Zone for three seconds at the beginning. So. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us today. Those of Omnitech, Marco, see who else we had live. Uh, Robert Givens, Nikki Webb. Uh, don't want to miss Gareth anybody here. Gareth was in there as well. Yeah, Gareth was in there. So, th yeah, thank you, Alex Harvey. So, thank you guys yeah. for watching live. Those of you who are watching on the replay, thank you as well. And we will check you out on the next live stream.